Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. I'm here at the talk with, with two guys from a startup. It's called Microagitech. How is it going, guys? Introduce yourselves. All good, yeah. So I'm Sean, I'm the CEO. And I'm, Daniel. I'm, I'm Daniel, I'm the Chief Marketing Officer for Micron. So tell me actually what you guys actually do, or how to do. So we are uh, in the middle of developing a product um, that's going to allow farmers to test their animals for parasites. Um, so we basically identified a problem where um, farmers in Ireland aren't, um, aren't testing their animals and parasites are a big problem. They're just basically dosing them. So a couple of times a year, animals are getting dosed uh, or medicated um, with... Um, antimicrobial medication and basically this is leading to a, a larger global problem of um, antimicrobial resistance so uh, 80% of the world's antibiotics are actually used in the agricultural industry so by simply allowing farmers to have an easier method of testing their animals for parasites it will greatly reduce the amount of dosing that needs to be done um, so that's what we're working on at the moment. And I also guess in the long term, if you keep using this medication, there's a chance that medication might cause effects if it goes into the human food chain. That's exactly that as well. So um, just recently, actually, the um, Irish government extended the amount of time that a cow will, will have to be held back if it's after being dosed. It used to be that if you're dosing your animals, you have to wait at least 30 days before sending them off to the factory. But now that's been increased to 50 days. So there obviously is a concern that this, these drugs are still in the system. And then if humans are consuming that, that could lead to a lot of problems. Yeah, now so tell me a bit about the fact that you guys uh, broke a new, a new milestone recently. So, yeah, so... Um, so within DIT, we have a program for funding startups within the college. Yep. And uh, the it's DIT Hothouse and uh, well TU Dublin Hothouse now, and uh, usually they fund researchers within the college. And when we brought them this idea, they were actually so excited for us that we became the first undergrads within the college to receive funding from the college. Um, so they helped us become patent pending, and they've also helped us register the company, um, which are two very big milestones for the company. Obviously, anything that. Um, no, no. That's and patent pending is that worldwide or what countries? So it is. We haven't um, specified our markets yet. Yeah. Um, so when the patent has been filed, basically there's about a year, a year's period, where until it's granted. Once it's granted, then we will decide what countries we actually want to go in and and file patents in. Yeah. So um, at the moment, it's just being filed with the Irish Patents Office, but yeah. that will we will decide then after a year's time what, yeah. what markets we're going to go into and where we need to be protected. Yeah, and I guess you've got a product that can be changed and adapted for diff- different areas like yeah. humans as well, like if you want to test some malaria or other products or other stuff like that. Yeah, so, the, yeah, there's, I mean, we're looking at the agriculture market now, but there's a lot of different areas we can go into, yeah, human health, um, especially in, you know, uh, countries where there's a higher poverty level. Um NGOs and non-profit organizations that are going in and yeah I mean this this tech has a lot of applications in, in that respect as well yeah I guess it all comes down to like the fact that we're 
building a technological platform so where we get our software accurate enough where we can start applying it to many other things. Um, And I guess that's kind of the end goal for the company as well, is to be able to build that and then stretch it out to help as many people in as many, in as many places as possible. And I guess also, if you got like an app with it that it works on a smartphone, it's cheaper for people to use it because they don't spend a lot of money on money in technology. Mm. Our patent application actually covers uh, the use of a smartphone to even just take pictures of the samples yeah. where you wouldn't need a device at all. Uh, you could just use your phone to do the entire process. Um, so again, making it a lot more accessible to, to a wider range of people. So yeah. And also, because smartphones now come cheaper in price, it's like something like Africa where, where things aren't, uh, can be expensive. If you can get a cheap smartphone that can do this, that's all they need. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, I mean, yeah, we're, as I mentioned to you before, we're, we're product designers. So we love a challenge. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're definitely going to keep working and developing the idea to bring it right down to its core level, I suppose, and most simple level that um, yeah, we can simplify it right down to all someone needs is to take a phone out of their pocket and they have this at the ready. And then obviously from that it goes to the cloud and does it all and then comes back with the, book, with the answers. Yeah. So yeah, the way it works is once that is sent to the cloud, then uh, the user will, we wanted to make it as simple as possible. So yeah. the user will just receive a text message telling them the status of their animal yeah. and whether they need to treat them or not, as opposed to having to have an app yeah. Uh, which might not be able to be used on all smartphones. Um, yeah. You just get a text message, which is, yeah. That's good. And uh, also, you're talking about planning to go to this year's Plow Championships. Yes, so that's the plan. Um, so as at the moment, we're still working on product development. But if we have it at a point where it's nearly ready for market, we can go to the Plowing Championships in September and display it there and just really build a face-to-face relationship with our end user and get feedback um, to bring the product to a stage where it's, it's market ready then and, uh, and launch soon after. Yeah, and I guess also when you're there, you, you get to get there for reason what it should do and what it shouldn't do. So you, they can tell exactly how it should look. Yeah, direct, I mean, direct user feedback is always the yeah. best. Um, like we have been traveling around Ireland, visiting various farmers around the country getting feedback and explaining to them how it's going to work and trying to just simplify the usage process for them but uh, I mean we haven't been uh, at anything at the scale of the planning championships yet so getting direct feedback from users there would definitely be uh, a major major help in developing the product. Yeah and I guess talk to the farmers rather than abattoirs because abattoirs once, as you said, they mentioned before, once you got it, like uh, uh, the dosage is like 50 days, how it was, want the product in and out pretty quickly. Mm. So you want to deal with basically the guy who's actually making the product. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I guess also you're looking for investment as well. Yeah, well, I mean, nothing comes for free. So we're, um, I mean, research and development is our biggest priority at the moment. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we, we're looking at funding and trying to get, get an investment for, to fund that and make the idea a reality. And would you look at it, maybe going into further programs as well, like, in, like a launch pad, which is then in your sea, or, or that in the long term, would you look at doing that as well? What do you mean? Like, well, the moment is that, like, uh, there's things like Hot House and Launchpad, yeah. which is very similar, yeah. which is done in your sea, where you go in there for three months and, uh, 
they give you a certain amount of investments, and then you have an open day, and then there's basically every company or product that's on that uh, that our program gets to go and basically present the product to mm. to to a panel. Yeah, I mean we're we're really looking into. Uh, we haven't seen that one, but we will definitely look into that one. But what we have been looking into is getting funding from Enterprise Ireland yeah. and support from Enterprise Ireland, um, as well as we've <laughs> also identified a couple. AI grants from Microsoft and all that. So these are all avenues that we are definitely like looking at uh, and taking very seriously. Um, so yeah, because last year an ad from Microsoft had on TV where they were showing someone with a product, and they were checking like a pawn account and they were using taking photographs and then using the cloud to process the information, kind of what you want to do yeah. in the long term. So in other words. I think that could be a, a kind of a good fit for you guys. Yeah, I mean Microsoft are working a lot, are spending a lot of money on developing real applications for AI yeah. um, because, I mean, AI has been around for years, yeah. but um, we're only now starting to see actual real-life applications for it, so Microsoft then are offering grants for people to come in with fresh ideas of actual, you know, real physical applications I, for this technology. It's a it's a huge priority for all the tech companies right now. Like they're all kind of competing against each other. You've yeah. got IBM with Watson. Yeah. You've got Google with their AI platforms. You've got Microsoft. You've got Apple now trying to get into it as yeah. well. It's becoming such a big part of the tech industry because they know that it's going to be the future. Yeah. And it's through a while they're building the platforms and building the systems, they are also trying to find the real world applications. And we've got one that is like. Yeah. nail in the coffin for a big global issue uh, that could be solved using those platforms. So. And about Microsoft, I know that his wife, Bill Gates and his wife Melinda have got a foundation where they invest a lot in, in malaria. Mm. So your product could be a good fit as well in that long term wise. Definitely. I mean, image processing has the power to detect a huge, huge variety. I mean, we've been working with a researcher who's been looking to identify cancer cells using this technology so again the human health application and the, the animal uh, is huge and, and I guess because if you use Microsoft like already products uh, air sweet and everything else then we're kind of go, oh he's using our products that might give you an in as well <laughs> have lunch with yeah. Bill <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but I mean from what you guys are talking about I mean the product itself sounds pretty good where do you think you're going to be in the next five years or you'd like to be um, where we'd like to be is um, show that the technology has proven successful yeah. and be starting to build uh, a whole platform around it. So if we can hit the agricultural industry, uh, gain our success there, build a name, build awareness, then um, branch out into different areas then and use that experience and knowledge to go into different areas and start building building a platform that's I think where we'd like to be and I mean long term vision what we really want to achieve is we really do want to achieve a healthier world yeah. and we want to achieve this through high tech sustainable agriculture um, so really in five years time we want to be able to say that we have made a dent in the world yeah. for the better um, as a company yeah because I've seen started before that I've always promised visions like this but in the end Something happens, and but but you guys, you've got the vision for, it and I can sense you've got the hunger to succeed. Mm. Mm. I mean, everything's in numbers. So yeah. I mean, Daniel could rattle them all off. I mean, there's the the growing, um, growing numbers in antibiotic resistance, and also then there's 
human deaths are actually starting to occur from people just having illnesses that can't be treated because our drugs are actually not effective against these viruses anymore. So um, we want to see the numbers start going the other way and going down, the deaths reducing, uh, the number of antibiotics being used in the agricultural industry to go down. Um, that's, that's, again... That's, even looking at it from a farmer's perspective then, because they are going to be the ones that are supposed to be purchasing our product, um, they're currently spending thousands of euro, depending on the herd size, on yeah. medication that they don't actually need, that they don't actually need to treat their animals with. Yeah. They bought our product, they'd be saving money whilst also helping the world, you know? Yeah. So it's a, it's a win-win kind of symbiotic relationship with our product between the world and the farmers, which is something that I think the world really needs. It's not a one-sided solution. You need to be beneficial to both sides yeah. and I think we bring that to the table um, so again it's, it's just exactly that it's the numbers it's figuring it out so that it works yeah and yeah. I guess if you're telling them by using us you're saving money in the long term like short term it might cost them more but over 20 years or 10 years they're saving money it's a win-win for them I mean it's, it's even it's even better than that because it'd be within a couple of months they'd be saving money yeah um, at the prices that we're kind of currently estimating what our product will cost um, we're looking at actually helping them within the first quarter of the year yeah. um, where they start actually making a cost benefit by purchasing our product yeah and in the end it will be great to see that the product we're developing will actually be the standard yeah. in the industry not like the standard at the moment is vets basically so uh, for for testing animals for parasites yeah. and the process where the samples have to be sent off to a lab in the post you've got the hassle first you have to bring it to the post office and wait in the queue you know you know you've posted some before it's a pain um, then you're waiting a week or so for the, sam the lab, samples to get to the lab then to analyse it and post you back the results or phone you with the results and then, based on that, you have to medicate your animals. So, I mean, what we're thinking, we're, we're wanted this to be done in a matter of minutes for a sample to be able to take and, taken from an animal and processed. And then once, I mean, power cloud computing, it's the results. Yeah. So, for me, I'm, I'm thinking, like you said earlier, we have to go and post to a lab. Mm. If not many labs in Ireland, you have to go send it abroad, and that takes longer. No, well, I mean, there are a couple of labs in Ireland, but regardless of, yeah, it's um, it's more just the, the hassle because it's such a hassle. Yeah. The majority of farmers aren't te aren't testing at all. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. So if we can offer them a solution that allows them to one test their animals quickly and easily and effectively, um, the results will actually be more accurate uh, than what a human can achieve because yeah. it's it's you know we believe we can achieve up to ninety eight percent accuracy with this. Uh, quickly, cost-effective, and um, yet establish it as a as an industry standard. It may even be brought in as legislation. That I mean, through um, the Irish Farmers Association or government bodies, may bring this in as you know what all farmers should be using. This may be subsidised by by these companies. I mean, the, we found that because it's such a big issue, especially in the EU, there yeah. were twenty-five thousand deaths last year because of this problem. Um, antimicrobial resistance, the EU, just to kind of elaborate on what Sean said, the EU is looking into bringing legislation now that would stop farmers from treating animals without having them tested them before. Yeah. This means that farmers would have to start sending samples to a lab, wasting weeks, 
on preparing samples, waiting for samples, this is going to leave such a big void in the market and yeah. such a need for a product that deals with the issue right on that if something like that was brought in, the market would be primed for a product like ours. Yeah. And if, if farmers then have to test, that's going to cause delays in the amount of product that's been sent out from the farms, yeah. which again could actually damage Ireland's uh, as an Ireland's economy because we rely so much on agricultural output. If we're slowing down that whole process by introducing this legislation, that's just another thing, a reason why. This yeah, and also I think something, something like milk, milk and cheese and butter, mm. that kind of stuff that can be made made from basically at some farms. Yeah. Or people that use farms for, to, to sell their milk to make that stuff. Yeah. And if basically someone's uh, got a cat or whatever and they've just been injected with these with these drugs, mm. it's going to get in the food chain that way. Or, yeah. Or, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, from out talking to farmers, uh, dairy farmers, every time they... Um, are sending a, a batch of milk when it's come, they come to pick it up from the farm uh, it ha- every batch has to be tested yeah. by this would be Glambia that's doing this and if uh, there's any antibiotics detected in that milk the whole batch is dumped yeah. and that's the farmer's profits going down the drain so every time they're coming to pick up the milk the f- farmers are absolutely petrified that they've dosed their animals properly lo- you know that there's not going to be anything in the actual milk. And I guess it's like a farmer has one cattle has foot and mouth, so the whole herd has got to be gone as well. So you're going to yeah. make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, just increasing again, increasing awareness and increasing how regular tests are done. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's going to decrease the amount of parasites that are within cattle, and it's then going to decrease the amount of medication that's needed. And I think you touched on something really interesting there, which is the the infectious aspect of the parasites within the herd. And I mean, from talking to some of the farmers that we went to visit, um, one of them told us how one of their animals last year uh, got a specific parasite that was so dangerous that it would have killed the animal within an hour. Um, Now, obviously, uh, lab tests that take five days to identify something like this are not viable in that situation and he ended up having to pay a very large amount of money to a vet to speed the process yeah. up so with a product like ours again it's the risk of losing a cow to a parasite like this is diminished because you can regularly be testing for these parasites and monitoring the health of the herd so that yeah. your herd isn't damaged and your total profit at the end of the year isn't damaged then either. And also, if, if for example a farmer has a, a cattle herd and then uh, one, one cattle in this herd guesses and he's going to the farmer's market trying to sell his cattle, that can then spread to other cattle as well. Like foot and mouth and then suddenly you've got a big outbreak mm. and uh, it takes five days to test this, you're not going to know whereas with your products, you know within basically minutes or hours yep. there's a problem here and make sure that that, that uh, you know which animals have got this and which ones don't. So the ones that do have them, you more say, look, you guys have got to be done away with slaughtered. And the ones that haven't got it, we know you're safe. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly mm. it, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, animal, like, we're not saying, we're not looking to completely eradicate dosing. That's not possible. But by basically, this can allow farmers to target their dosing. Yeah. So they're not doing it as frequently and blindly. Um, that they are only dosing when they know there's an infection in, in the herd or in a particular... Yeah, because I, I can imagine the farmer wakes up every morning, the first thing is just, I've got to dose the cattle, like anybody went and dosing the cattle. And, it, mm. and if they keep doing that, as you said before, they get resistant to these yep. drugs, and resistance is there, 
they're, they don't, farmers might realise that, but after a while, mm. whatever they're giving them, the, uh, the, uh, the cattle get resistant to that kind of drug, and then suddenly they get something and farmers know what to do next. Mm. Exactly, exactly. And that's the way the world is going. Yeah. Like, as we can see from like, the deaths within, within humans, from, yeah. like, this is spreading, because these parasites and, and uh, bacterial infections, they're not... They're, I mean, the same drugs are needed to treat them in humans. Yeah, and, and if they're all being used in agriculture and the uh, diseases are becoming resistant. And then you might get a scenario where the farmer is told to try different drugs, so they've been dosed with something else again, which isn't good for them either. No. Yeah, no. exactly. I think basically what, what you're looking to do, and you're, you're trying to solve an old age problem of, of how do you make sure that uh, when you're, you're, you buy a product in a shop that's from, from a farm, that the product is organic and natural, mm. and there's less chance of somebody getting an illness from it. Well, you just said it there. Yeah. Um, if a farmer is claiming to be organic, they can't even have medic medication mm. in their animals ever. So, this again, like moving towards a whole organic culture yeah. and lifestyle, that people are starting to be become more and more health aware and more aware of what they're eating, what they're putting into their bodies. Um, if more more farmers can come out and say we're hundred percent organic, yeah. That again, that's they can charge twice the price and for yeah. their for their uh, output as well. And know? our product would would essentially help them be able to claim that because they would be able to test their animals yeah. and actually know whether they need to treat the animals for anything. With that way, they can maintain a healthy herd without worry. Yeah. Whilst also being organic. Because remember, fifty years ago, you, you stayed with Doc because you used to used to recommend. Certain cigarettes because they're more milder for you, and now we know cigarettes are bad for you. And it, you're going to get a scenario where in 20 years' time you're going to get vets saying, "Oh, the uh, dosage or these drugs aren't, aren't, aren't they've got a use, but not, not be overused." Yeah, I love that ad. Ninety uh, percent of doctors smoke camels. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's oh, great. And then I saw one where where somebody was in a was in a hospital about 60 years ago in America, and and some come around with products. Selling cigarettes. Yeah. So there's a guy in bed in the hospital recovering and like a five pack of cigarettes. I'm thinking, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good if, if you walk into, into a hospital now and uh, you, you're getting your fatal meal, and you ask, I like a glass of wine with a meal or a bottle of beer. You won't get that. No, exactly. And I'm thinking, and the same what you guys are doing in 30 years' time, people are going to look back and think, I can't believe that actually people used to do it that way. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, I love that. That's yeah. a very nice, very nice way to put it. We're going to use that now. Because yeah. I've, always, I've always noticed that people, like, you look back at all these old ads and what they claim, and then years ago, like, I remember there used to be claims that cocaine was good for certain things years ago, mm. and cocaine was actually one of the, one of the first ingredients for uh, Coca-Cola, yep. but it's not anymore. But you got years ago, they said, oh... It's used the painkiller, Yeah, it? and he, he, other things, well, it said, oh, it's good for you. And now, look, looking back now, it's proven not to be. Yeah. And yet, yet, there's other drugs that are proven to be useful to you, like medicines and cannabis for example some of that if used in, in, in the right way mm. can actually help but no that's certainly seen that we can't because it's, it's a gateway drug something else yeah well, maybe we can develop that further we can um, do cannabis for cows or something yeah uh, <laughs> well at the moment there's a big market for uh, a lot of blockchain products with, with, with cannabis sure. and, he, and I've seen a lot of uh, like Seth Rogen recently launched, launched his own product using the blockchain for cannabis and this thing is based in California but you're getting a lot of that mm. And actually, I interviewed last week, uh, you know Techstars? 
Yeah. When I interviewed two guys from that last week, and I was asking them basically what they invest in, and because it says, do you, do you, what areas you know, invest in? So would you invest in a blockchain for cannabis? And it goes, actually, no. But our headquarters is in Boulder, Colorado, and there's a big market there for it, but no, we don't do that. We're ethical, we, we don't invest in anything like that, or, or gambling or anything else. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking that in a long time, there's going to be, someone's going to find a way of doing that. And if it's done properly, and safely and humanely, there's no problem with it at all. And I mean, what you guys do right now is you, you've got a product and you more have realized that, uh, that you're trying to make people change their habits of what they were doing 30 years ago, yeah. what they should be doing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and I think kind of to, to, to get to that point now is what you said at the beginning of, yeah. of the interview, which is we, we do need investment and we do need kind of support and I think one of the easiest ways maybe for people to be able to do that as well would be to uh, go on our socials and just follow us there, follow our story. Yeah. Um, they can find us on Micron Agritech yeah. on everything. Um, because then through that support, we can hopefully get the word out there and raise awareness around the issue and the solution that we are looking to provide. And I guess if you get somebody who's a, who's a well-known farmer behind you, mm. yeah. that's what you need. And I'm thinking of something like, you know, uh, Rudds, who do all cooking and also got their own products, something like that. Mm. If they get something like that, who's willing to actually use your technology and yeah. says that we're fully organic and we're, we're doing this yeah. rather than overdosing our animals. Yeah. So in other words, you don't get a cow that's always tripping and walking around stones. You get an animal that actually is happy mm, exactly. in an environment. Well, that's the thing. We can't communicate with these animals. We don't know how these drugs are as well as yeah. affecting them. Uh, so if we eradicate that as much as possible as well, like you said, yeah. we'd have ha- happier cows as well. Because I'm thinking that... Just don't like, tell them that they're going to be sent... Because I know that, <laughs> yeah, for example, in America, they use chlorine in their, in their chickens, for example, mm. which is something I don't quite understand. I'm thinking, that's... Uh, but how could you eat that? And with your product, you're kind of making sure that's no longer needed. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not just cows. This applies to equine. It applies to, you know, sheep, pigs chickens anything to do with agriculture and then like you said humans as well yeah domestic animals is a huge market there as well people love you know dogs and cats are treated like members of a family so again like this that's a huge market that we're going to explore as well like to have this product adapted for use in the domestic market um you know you know test your dog for worms while you go to the vet yeah it's very sounds very convenient yeah, because something when you, when you go to, to a vet, vet bills can actually add up. Huge. Yeah, and at times it could be a scenario where you go to a vet and he recommends something you don't really need, but you think, well, I think you should do this. And then when you get it back, you're going, I didn't expect it to cost that much. Mm. And obviously, vets have got to be in your pet's life, but you've got to make sure that you can, you, you can manage it and then it isn't, uh, mm. it's not going to be, because at the time, if the vet bills come too much, first thing you do is get rid of the animal, which you don't want to do. Exactly. And there's a huge problem in Ireland as well in dog shelters where with one with all the puppy farms and the two with just animals being abandoned because either people can't afford them anymore or yeah. you know lots of reasons so uh, and I think it's also important to realize that we're not looking to replace vets what we're looking to do is like supplement their work so we're trying to help them it's like an addition to yeah. so yeah. I mean we uh, want to work with them ideally. exactly yeah and like uh, so while we can provide results and help people raise awareness again around the issue, we still want vets to be able to come in and say, okay, here's the medication, we'll supply you with this. Yeah. And we're just trying to help them 
get to that well, uh, as can, opposed to replacing yeah, them. It can be a route to market for us. Like yeah. it, it, It's a diagnostic tool is what we're building. Yeah, yeah. So but I, I guess if you can get the scenario where basically you tell the vets, you're doing too much of a certain area you shouldn't be doing, and if we can alleviate your, your workloads so you can do what you're good at. Yeah, exactly. Because they might get bored every day going up to, going up to somewhere and, 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 and got to give them whatever medication or whatever it is and they'll probably stick up sticking their hands up and on the back side yeah. doing checks and if you can say you can do it a way that you're not going to come home at night and, and then say oh yeah I had to yeah. go up 10, 10 cows back sides today yeah. whatever it is to do I mean that's that's exactly it that's yeah that's the truth improving lives of yeah. farmers and vets yeah so there you go and I also might make a, uh, our job as a vet more interesting because you're not, you're not doing the stuff they hate. So mm. someone wants to be a vet, you can tell them, look, veterinary just doesn't evolve doing that anymore because technology has been developed. They, mm. You don't have to do that. Yeah, then it leaves vets doing the more high-level, high-skill stuff yeah. that they really are trained to do, you know? Um, so, yeah. And also less chance of human error because if you're using AI, AI can actually yeah. spot mistakes. And as it's learning, as it's doing, every time it says something, something new, mm. it can tell you, oh, this, this disease is morphing into something else. Yeah. So you can know it's morphed because yeah. if you get resistant to certain drugs, that means you're morphing into something new. Mm. I mean, labs at the moment operate at around uh, just over 80% accuracy yeah. rate. And if we could get it to 98% accuracy rate, which is what we think we can get it to, yeah. we, we would be outperforming the labs. Um, so there again, it, it's a huge improvement, a huge advantage yeah. for AI. Yeah. Again, we may have to look at partnering with a lab, or we'll have to get vets on board because to to just simply verify that if we can have this product backed by yeah. a vet or a lab to say, yes, look, these results are accurate that are coming in, and we've we you know we check this off. It's, it, it, that's going to be very valuable to us as well if we can get that. So we definitely want to work with vets rather. Or than also, be Michael, Michael O'Leary. He's got a big stud farm. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And there's somebody that he's, there's somebody who wants to save money in the long term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Michael O'Leary, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Info at microagritech.com. No, <laughs> yeah, because uh, think about long term. Because also, areas, like you said, the more areas, and I think at the moment, Ireland, or two biggest areas besides agritech, is horse racing. Oh, and it's not, a huge yeah. industry in Ireland. So and greyhounds as well. We're not, um, we're not leaving that out either. Yeah, and greyhounds too as well. So if you've got both areas, I mean, I've been to a few greyhound tracks in the evening time, and people that are there actually at the greyhounds, you'd be so, it's, it's, they're always kind of busy mm. around the country. Yeah, yeah. Oh, huge. Yeah. And I mean, even, not even just uh, racing, but you know, show horses as well. There's huge money in that industry. Yeah. People spend so much money on horses that they're gonna spend whatever it takes to look after them and make sure they're healthy. So, while we're breaking in to this industry through agriculture, simply because there's more, how would I say, knowledge and and know-how, I think. Um, yeah. But once we have our technology working. The equine industry is absolutely massive. Yeah, because I can see because I know that basically a lot of the Arabs actually have their a base in 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 in, in Kildare and Kerr because of, of how how mm. well it works. Mm. Well, I'm from Kildare, so yeah. I'm from horse country. So <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's huge. There's massive stud farms. Yeah, some owned by by Middle Eastern. Um, um, she yeah, I think the two biggest places in the, in the year for that, especially France and, and Ireland. Yeah. So if you can, if you if you've got the Irish market and you show it works here, 
Going to France should be dawdled because well, you've France, proven it works. France has the largest cattle industry in yeah. Europe. There's like nine, something like 19 million cows in, yeah. in France alone. So that's more people than there are in Ireland. Yeah, <laughs> a lot more. Yeah. And the thing, you got to worry about the methane as well. Yeah. You're talking about the amount of methane. Yeah, oh, yeah well, too, cattle. I don't know if that's a bit of a myth that cattle, maybe it's not. Cows are one of the biggest no, contributors to... So, supposedly they are, yeah, but... Again, that's that's a that's a thing of like if there are they are looking for ways to reduce that, and it's just a matter of controlling it. It's it's kind of the same thing that we're yeah. doing. It's a mat, it's advancing the technology to the point where you can actually create a sustainable agriculture. Yeah, but if you long term could could uh, could actually use test, and you can tell how much methane a cow, a, a cow is releasing, mm. and if you can change the diet slightly, so it reduces it reduces that methane release. That's something else that people would look at as well. There's many areas you can guys can go into. Look, once once we have built up, we're going to build up knowledge and expertise in the area that we can pivot then yeah. into, into yeah. that sort of exactly. Um, that fits in with our overall mission as a company is to just um, promote sustainable agriculture. Which the, the best thing is because you guys have moved well, the unit for so long, you can then machine experts in the area. Yeah. They'll come to you because they think, oh, yeah, I know, these guys know them very well because mm. you've actually you, you, you're actually born and raised in horse in horse country yeah. and all that. Yeah, I've got this, and you, and you know the area very well. And you say, look, we know the area very well. We've been for so long. They're going to trust you more than somebody else because you've actually proven. Yeah. yeah. And that comes down to again building that face to face relationship as well. Yeah. Um, you know, we going out to these trade shows and going and speaking to the farmers and our customers. Um. It's you know, good business is not just having a product that works. It's having a good relationship with your customers is hugely important too. Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen basically people in the past have had they've had a, had a had the uh, intro into the air. They know the air very well, mm. and with the contacts and they've done it very well. And I think you guys would actually get that. It'll take time, but you get a product that knows it's got at the moment, which is one thing that's useful for you mm. when you're when you guys in the market. Sorry? You're only guys now in the market doing what you're doing, at which moment, helps. Yeah. yeah. At the moment. Yeah. And with the patent pending going through, if somebody else was to do, to do it, they'd go through the same process as you. And because you started years first, mm. you'll get to market with that before them. Yeah, yeah, and we'll build up a reputation then yeah. as being the go to and the most reliable. And the thing with um, machine learning is at the, the longer we're doing this, the larger the data set gets and yeah. then the more accurate the results get. So it, t- it takes a huge amount of time to build up that level of, of accuracy, but yeah. um, we're starting now. So once we've once we've hit the market after a couple of years, we'll have a huge amount of data to yeah. kind of you know it takes a lot of time to build. It'll be a huge asset for us. And also, I'm thinking another market that's good for you guys could be India because cows there are sacred. Mm. So if you can say, well, like, I mean, I can help protect your your sacred cows. Yeah. I mean, it's worldwide application. Yeah. It's, it's, but I think most cows are used as a source of, um, you know, produce in most countries around the world. So it's worldwide application. And also, if somebody is working like in tannery, you can guarantee them that the that the leather they're going to be using is going to be good quality because there's no uh, bugs or ticks or anything else in the skin that can deformize it, deform it. Yeah. Or make it basically not as good to use. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Right, I guess that's it, guys. Yeah. Thanks for that. And uh, I look forward to talking to you guys soon. And also, later in the year, we'll, we'll, we'll hear more about you guys before you, you hit the Plowing Championships. Definitely. And yeah, I would just like to say again, I know Daniel mentioned it, um, anyone who is interested in a bit more information, get in touch with us on social media or in, email us, so Micron Agritech, and, or email us at info at microagritech.com, uh, and we'll be happy to... to offer more information to anybody that's interested. That's great. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks.